You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome to the show. Are you talking to me? You You talking to me? I'm giving you the face. You talking to me? You must be talking to me because there ain't nobody else here. That doesn't look like Robert De Niro. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Um, Speaking of movies. Speaking of movies and stuff. Before the after the show discussion was about I've got hoes in different area codes. (laughs) (laughs) You insisting that I would remember the song. If any any of the listeners. Prior to that. What is that? What is this song? I've got hoes in different area codes. What is think, that song? I don't think it's a song. I think it's just you saying that. No, that you want to claim that, that, that it's a song. So I won't start investigating. No, I think it's a song. I think it's Before a Before the song. after the show discussion was, we were talking about Man Everest. And that's what the movie's about. To, like the real You just story. give spoilers. Spoilers. What? You just told people what we were reviewing this They week. just clicked on the link that says Everest. <laughs> I don't think it's a big freaking shock. Spoilers. Spoilers, this is the movie we watched. Yeah. Now that'd be a good review. I bet there's people who review movies and they never tell you what it is. They just do the review and you have to just figure it out. That's a good not, hook. Yeah, it's not a good review though, is it? No, it is good. That's good. I'd, I'd watch or read one just to try to figure out what it is. It's like a quiz. It's more like a quiz. No, you just write it all without ever giving the title. All right, so we'll do that next week. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it is Saturday, January the 30th. This is after the show. What is after the show, Sid Talk? This. Is it? <laughs> we're talking to each other about the movie we just watched, and we're recording it, it. And then you do it on the doohickey over there, and then you put it on the thingamajig, and then some other people listen. That's it. Okay. <laughs> don't ask me if you don't like my answers. I've made this clear to you over the years. If you have something you need to say, then you need to say it. We're a movie review podcast. <laughs> Not a doohickey and a thingamabob. <laughs> so, um, yes, it is uh, number 412. The movie we're looking at this week is Everest, as uh, Sid Talk spoiled for you earlier. <laughs> it's a 2015 movie released on Blu-ray on the 19th of January. So you can pick this one up now. It came out this week. It is PG-13 from our friends at Universal. And uh, Sid Talk, synopsis for the movie Everest. It is the retelling of what's based on a true story of some people in 1996 who went up Mount Everest. That is true. Are we going into- <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. Trying to be brief. Yeah. Now, there will be spoilers in this. It is a true story. Therefore, you might already know all the details. This is just telling of the story. Therefore, it is the story of people, many of whom attempted to go up, and some of whom did not come back. So, but it's a real story. All the people's names are used that are real. You can investigate it yourself. So, yeah, the world could spoil it for you. Yeah. So I didn't um, know anything about it. I no, I, I knew, I knew who died, but that didn't alter my, uh, you know, enjoyment of the movie at all. So. Sid Talk, what did you like think? Like the Titanic, because you knew already that yeah. Leo and Kate would be dying. And we all knew that it was going to hit an iceberg. And it didn't <laughs> no, I meant because you knew they would die. But they weren't real. They didn't These die. These people they, were real. Spoilers, they didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Well, <laughs> I don't think you remember it correctly. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, she did. Oh, eventually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you haven't seen Titanic no, it yet. wasn't to do with Titanic this was in the year that this move, this thing happened. 1996, I believe. So if you haven't seen Titanic, 95, 96. And, uh, spoilers. <laughs> I'm sorry, my spoilers. A ship hits an iceberg. <laughs> and Leonardo, Ca- Leonardo DiCaprio gets very famous. Yes. So, um, Everest, what did you think of Everest and... Um, what are your other experiences? This is the question. Climbing around. With uh, mountain climbing movies. Um, I, first of all, it's hard to say you enjoy a movie where it's very, like a tragedy, but it's done in a way that is an enjoyable movie watching experience. So I really enjoyed it. You know, my five words that I'm trying to pick from every week. It was a hard one because my words are fun, yeah. uh, action packed. Yeah, it is that one. Inspiring. That one. Thoughtful. That one. And I forget the other one, but it's not. It's, not. it's all of them so but I fun. So I think it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have to pick one. So I say thoughtful because it's not 100% action packed. There isn't every second of the movie. It's full of action because that's the nature of what they're doing. Yep. But it's more thoughtful to me. So I was thinking a lot about, it made me think because it was high quality and it portrayed the people in a way that made you get it. Like, I will never be the extreme person who put myself in great danger for any kind of excitement or to achieve a goal. I'm not a goal-oriented person at all. So for me to sit here and go, I'm going to climb that mountain and I'm going to lose this many pounds and I'm going to get fit and I'm going to do it. Well, then like tomorrow I'd be eating a pizza and a piece of pie and be like, you know, well, it wasn't that big a deal. I'm not that person. But this portrayed people in a way even in very brief little conversations, that everybody did it in a, it was wet, written in a way that I get it. I get everybody's motivations. You know, there's money on one hand, there's like individual just accomplishment, some quietly, like the Japanese lady, she just quietly wants to do this. It's, yeah. We don't know why. She just Well, we wants do know to... why because she did other ones. Right, but we like don't a... know why. Right, right. You don't know why in that individual's life this is... Why Why not just be the best at your job? Why not be the best artist or the best doctor? You know, those are also this... highly achievable things. Why pick the thing of I'm going to climb, I'm going to take my little body, little as in relation to the mountain, and take it to the top regardless of the pain and the suffering because I'm just going to do it. And then that person sticks with it. This gave me some insight to that, you know, and then watching some of the extras and you get the people, they're a lot more casual about it. You know, they're not, you don't get the intense stories from the real, real people, which is weird. But in the movie, I felt like they really got that across. Like each individual person had a different experience with the mountain, different like vibe with the mountain, you know, like the Jake Gyllenhaal character. His is like... I'm one with the mountain. Like, it's, it's, it's my me, thing. it's like he lives on it. <laughs> yeah, it's like my... Like, he's up and down it every day, like, you know. But he understands the perils. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, la-di-da, but I get that. Whereas the other guy is partially motivated by money. You know, we got clients, we got to please the clients, we got to do this. But in, in himself, there's this thing of getting other people, helping other people achieve this big goal for themselves. You know, like... So if I pick every single person, I can see that. Even the ones you don't get to know very well, I thought came across really well in terms of... I could see why now, if I think of a group of 20 people right now sitting at home, they've just watched the movie, they've got the money, and they're motivated, and they're like, I'm doing it. 
I'm turning 40 next year. I'm doing it. I'm going to sign up and I'm going to take off work for a month and I'm going to do it. I kind of get an insight to that. Now, I won't be that person. If you were that person, I wouldn't discourage you. I'd be like, cool, you're going to get so prepared. And then we're going to accept whatever eventuality. I will not send you up that mountain and think no matter what, you're coming back because I get it. I thought that was um, the thing about this movie, which I incidentally really liked. Um, it didn't go the Hollywood route with the movie at all. I didn't think it, it um, they, they had realistic characters, obviously based on real people. I felt that those people studied of, those people yes. and be those people. And then it didn't go for, even though it's an action movie, like you say, going up a mountain, it's full of suspense and thrills. They didn't go... It wasn't garish about it, though. Yeah, they didn't, like, try and Hollywood it up. This guy's got this motivation and this guy's got this... Mo you know, it was more like, no, we're just in this together. We're going up the mountain. We're helping each other. There's, there's some kind of code between us all. There's the different... helping each other was a big thing that also came across. Like, that no matter what we're in situation, we're in as humans. Yeah. Not everybody... Right. comes forth to be the helper, but generally speaking. Even when it comes down to it in this movie, and there's you can sense money on the line, in di these different expeditions going up the mountain. And well, when let's it just point out, this is, in 1996, for only about 10 to 15 years, had people been actually commercializing or selling yeah. um, trips up Mount Everest. Like, I can call your company up and say, I want to climb up Mount Everest. Because I'm rich and I'm money. whatever. Yeah. Whereas before that, it was literally explorers, um, scientists, people who, you know, surveying the planet, trying to figure it out. People who were driven just on their own. Like, you know, kind of over here on the side and that's a guy who did it. And, you know, there were expeditions and they were professionals and all that. But none of it was, hey, I'm a guy who climbs a mountain. Ooh, I'm going to charge you $100,000 and I'll get you there. You know, yeah. that started... About 10 to 15 years And one of the guys this. on it... Well, some of the guys on this are about those guys. So the, one of the things I felt that I think... I have saw in a couple of articles about the real thing was that that particular year, it was oversold. And there was this... The more people you put on the mountain, right? The higher the risk that people aren't going to come back. And that was one of the complaints about the whole commercialization and these adventure vacations. Is that if I send 40 people up that mountain... One storm will kill them all. If you send two people a year, five people a year, your odds go down for, you know. So I think that was also kind of pointed out that you're selling this adventure and yet it's not like putting on a VR machine on your head. And, exp you know what I mean? Like you're actually putting your I life mean, in I, danger. The way these are not amateur people; these are re professional Correct. climbers. It's not like oh, I decided I want to go. Well, up they're there. not all professional climbers, but they but know their what thing is climbing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, they none of them did job as climbing except the guides. But yeah, yeah. It's not like uh, you know me I going up there. You decided <laughs> yeah. you wanted to go up, uh, and you went as a sightseer kind of thing, and some guy gets right. You there. Exactly. It's more no, they're they're professional. Now there are. I looked it up from the company in the movie. You can have a luxury base camp experience. Now, they get you to the base camp. You have to hike there with right. them. But it's not... I mean, it's high, higher than any of us. Yeah, the base camp's higher than anybody's ever been. Right. Well, any of us. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then that's where you stop. And then it's a luxury experience. Now, I don't know how much it costs because there are no prices on the whole website. But... It sounds very... Um, if you're there... Yeah. You can't say I climbed the mountain, right? So, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm that side. Maybe that's why I'm that kind of person. I'm all or nothing. I'm not going to go stand in Nepal, which is at the foot, and go... <gasps> 
I've been to Mount Everest, and that's not that wouldn't be enough. I'm either I'm all in. Like, yeah, if which I'm going, I, I'm gonna like. Which is do another it. thing I got from this movie. Like, there's one guy who's not right at the top yet. There's yeah. a bit. There's a little bit to go, and he says to him, "I'm not coming back next year." You can tell he's financially. He'd already in trouble. been there once. But yeah, and financially, he doesn't have much money. To in come real back. life, that was exactly the story. Right, and uh, I got that idea. Like, no, like this guy as a climber, looking at this guy who's probably not going to make it to the top, goes. He's never going to have another chance. He has to do it. Like, I'm going to do it with it. Yeah, this know? isn't something you just go, oh, next no, year we'll go we'll on vacation and climb. Yeah. So I get that with people. Almost, I was trying to get the feeling, there's a there's a part, spoilers, in the movie where Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal like, gets to the summit and puts his hand on it. And I was like, in that person's mind, that must be the best moment ever. But is it? Because you're suffering so bad. You know what I mean, though? Like, <laughs> I accomplished it. That is it. Like, But you know what I think is anticlimactic? Well, then are you thinking, what's next, then? You know, immediately. This is it. There mm. is no higher mountain. No, but what... What? Yeah, so how <laughs> do you... What? When you get to that point, what do you do? Go to the deepest part of the ocean, maybe? Well, that, Go might, to not, outer space? that might not be your thing. Like, You know what I mean? Like, If but mountains I mean, if... is your thing, when you've actually conquered the highest one in the world... It, Guess you just do them all. That's mm. what it, from well, reading a little bit good. on it, people do that. That's their thing. That's like us trying to find a different place to do our little hikes and our bike rides. Once you've done a thing enough, you realize eh, a little variety, a little more would be good. And so I get it. But oh man, it's such a big thing. That's another thing I came away with. It is. This is not. Hey, pack some gear and put on a coat and get some gloves. I'm gonna climb up this mountain. It is. From head to toe, and I like the way he said it in the movie, once you get to the death zone, because that's what they really call it, the top 3,000 feet, it is, your body is dying. You don't have enough oxygen, so your brain is dying. Your fingers are freezing, so your the, the cells of your skin are going to die. Your brain There's is no coming back. swelling. Like a... Right. Everything, it's, it's not trying to kill you, because it's just not made for you. And then that kind of made me realize, like, yeah, you... If you got there and you hadn't fully got that in your head, I don't know. You, I bet a lot of people get that far. And think, yeah, it can't be that bad. <laughs> exactly. And then they get a little <laughs> bit further and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Mm. A lot of people get sick. A lot of people. And then. I mean, it showed you the horrors of what happened yeah. on this mountain. And it showed it showed you because not everybody had the same. The people who died, not everybody had the same no. things. There's different horrible things that lots of ways to die on Everest that's what I was thinking when I was looking at it and it wasn't like the dramatic oh my god somebody slipped and fell it was more the Mm. elements getting people right your body isn't made to be in that those conditions that's what I mean in a lesser movie where they were just going for action it would have been people falling off or the ladder snaps and everybody falls down. It would have been that kind of thing. This, they weren't realistic with it. And as far as I can know, because if it's a true story and the people who died who never came back, then you never know what really happened. Yeah, this was um, also enjoyed how it, it was actually shot, the way it was shot. They went to Mount Everest. They didn't go up to the top of mm-hmm. Mount Everest, obviously. I wish they had. That would have um, been more authentic. But they went there. Um, so a lot of the shots are really of Mount Everest. Well, yeah. at the base camp. Yeah, at the base camp. And then they went to another mountain in France. Italy. Which, Italy, which... Uh, <laughs> and then they made their own mountain. Which doubled up. for it. And then they did green screen stuff as well. But the way it's all merged together, it, it was pretty seamless to me. You know? It was um, interesting. Like, when the special effects guy said, I'm really into making special effects for things that are not 
things that are real and not like futuristic yeah. and yeah. seeing that what I can do with that I yeah there is a call for that isn't there you know it used to be special effects is were we needed a spaceship or we needed a new planet but with well, this still, movie, I mean Titanic is a good example it was yeah. a real thing but I mean to make things as things we can do now with special effects because this is full of special effects but you don't think about it I don't when I was watching. I did because I a couple of the shots particularly on Mount Everest are very green screeny looking like almost like weird backdrop filmed kind of looking but I don't know what it looks like up there so that could be right but it looked a little bit different but oh, I, I, I just kept thinking of how um, it doesn't look like our planet anymore when you get when <laughs> yeah. you get to that second base camp it looks like you're on a different world, like because there's nothing, there's nothing to look at. There's, it's dark because of the shadow of the mountain. Uh, you know where they're in the little tents freezing. Where I was like, wow, that looks really horrible. <laughs> and the tents look like they're about to blow away any second, like off the mountain. But when you got to that bit, to me, I was like, wow, it could be Mars or some weird planet that we don't know about. Like it, it must feel weird up there, especially when you can't breathe properly. But um. I think they did this really well. I think special effects aren't... To me, it's not, I'm not thinking about special effects. Yeah. I really wasn't. I was thinking, oh, well, these people are really going up this mountain. Obviously not, but there's some Hollywood trickery. You're right, there was a couple of scenes, but they did this in 3D as well, so there's some... The thing is, though, like at our point, at this point of human, of human evolution or human development, why haven't we figured that out? Why haven't we figured if we can make a suit that you can be out in space in, why can't we make a suit that you can be on top of a mountain in? Men and women have been in space suits floating in outer space. Like outside now, of the ship. This was in 1996. They've been on the moon in a spaceship and didn't die. Things have really changed a lot. In that, this was in 1996, and I was just talking about they're wearing North Face jackets. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I was just looking, North Face make jackets for mountaineers, not just for me and you, for, with with battery packs and warmers in them that actually warm the body. Back then, they weren't. They were no. just they were just coats. They wore lots of layers. They had them in their boots, because one guy did. Yeah, he tried. did. Well, now they make jackets that actually have heating elements in the jackets, and because of USBs and batteries and everything, it's you don't need really heavy stuff with you. So you you can be warm from the inside. Then, you couldn't, could you? Once you got cold, you were cold. Be easy, then. Not easy, but... <laughs> Technology's definitely Baby. changed. They've That's got gloves with heaters in them. In 1953, when the first two dudes who they officially claimed that's the first time anyone summited it, the Hillary guy, who you are familiar with, but not me, New yeah. Zealand guy. Sir Edmund Hillary. Um, just imagine how different their technology was. Well, it wasn't. If someone any- says now that the hooks and the ropes and the chains and the coats and the boots and the, the ice picks, everything's been made in better metals and better textures and better everything for this over the last 70 years of you know yeah time what must it how hard would it have been like is it just like fuck it we're just going that's the first thing i thought about this movie why are they just like roping some lows you know they've been to lows got a couple of ladders (laughs) and roped them together and they're they're climbing across it i was like that can't be right why is that a thing and it was and it still is like i mean it's weird like it it seems really primitive i I was thinking maybe it's partly because you can't bring it back down and it has to be very disposable almost. Mm. It can't be an expensive piece of equipment because nobody's bringing that ladder back But even back when down. you put that ladder across, it's still a hazardous thing to walk on it. It's not like even the the appropriate... It doesn't seem right to me. I figured that. Who took a ladder the first time? 
Well, I mean, a lot of scenes... Who's the first guy to dig a ladder and go, this is what we're going to yeah. crawl across. Ladders the are crevices. awkward and kind of heavy. Like, it's not... Aluminum ladders aren't. They're, but they're that's awkward. That's why. You don't want to climb up with one on your back. Those were those extension kind, though. They so. were, but it's still not going to be tiny, is it, when you're no. carrying it? So them Sherpa guys are carrying a ladder, basically, up, up a mountain. Somebody but, did. No, we don't know if it was all Sherpas, but somebody did, at some point, carry them up there. Well, so it, another thing you've learned, from the movie, you learn... This isn't just a bunch of people at the bottom of the mountain and then they go up. There are people who are sent ahead who climb all the way to the top to bring, to plant to extra oxygen. And... They plant extra ropes. They they ground the ropes or whatever, stick them in the ground to get around the tricky parts. Those people go up and down, up and down. Those are the Sherpa people that maybe people are familiar. A couple years ago, there was like a bunch of them died. The same company from this movie in an avalanche, I believe it was. Or no, in a crevice, something fell and they all many many people died and then there was this big outcry that they're not getting paid enough they're being exploited you know they're paying them like like you know yeah. lowest common denominator kind of money but those are the people who are doing they're it's kind of like you don't you know you think of it as this big raw natural thing which it is but some person has gone up there <laughs> and tucked away some supplies for you and then they came back down so as you go up with the rope that's already connected to the ground. Um, all the hooks that are in the sides, you know, where you hook your, whatever that thing is called. Carabina. Carabina. Somebody did all that for you. Yeah. You know, it's already, but then it moves all the time. So that stuff is disposable. That's why I think the ladder idea. And also, like, when they go up and put the oxygen tanks up there, they're, they're, they're not, they don't last forever. They leak. They, they sure. end up depressurizing. So it's not like you can put some up there, put hundreds of them yeah. up there. Because they'll be useless in a year. So True. Somebody has to keep going up and down. Why can't we just build a little building then? That, <laughs> That's the thing you get from this movie. Not though. many. There's, there's no taming Mother Nature. No, because the building would be gone, wouldn't Mother it? Mother Nature doesn't give a shit. You know, that's just the point of it all. There's no taming. But then I said, who knows, in the next hundred years, somebody will find a way to build an infrastructure that makes it so that you and I could... You know, they've figured out a way for us to be able to go up in some kind of weird tunnel-y thing and then, like, get the whole experience. And it's got, like, you know how you've been to, like, uh, national parks. So you're there, Grand Canyon or something. And all of a sudden you look around and there's, like, stairs everywhere and lighting and signage. And, and you're like, huh. And I kept thinking throughout this movie, why don't they send a helicopter in with some food and some O2 and stuff? And then I was like, hold on a second. This is a lot higher. I never even thought of that. I no, just I didn't. Helicopters could go everywhere. I, I, well, turbulence screws helicopters up, so like we saw in this movie. But I was thinking, oh well, they'll just send a helicopter to drop the supplies they need at the top. But then it shows you in this, yeah, that a helicopter comes to try and rescue them, and it's like almost impossible to fly it. The guy is like an expert, <laughs> and he's only just holding Should've it together. Should looked up that guy if yeah. that was. The I mean, he's only really just. If that's how it really happened. That was crazy. I mean, they, well, they did. I read they did get a helicopter up there to rescue the frostbite guy. But that guy should be famous. <laughs> yeah, and he. I mean, jeez. Because that is, you know, you're you're at the height that planes fly, like actual jumbo jets. So, a helicopter, yeah, you think about it. The pilot himself is now going to be at that altitude. Yeah. So his breathing and yeah, his oxygen and everything would be wow. Yeah. Didn't yeah. think of that. So, uh, yeah, even that is difficult. Everything's difficult. That's what it is. <laughs> That's Everything is hard. One of the things I really liked was when the base camp lady said to the Rob guy, uh, there's there's some weather coming, we're just going to tell you about it. And he's like, oh, the mountain makes its own weather. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm listening to you, but 
it could be sunny in a minute and it could be terrible. So yeah, it's like some completely unpredictable. And it was. Like that's why pretty much why what happened happened because of the unpredictable storm that came. So um yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was gripping. I'm not saying gripping. fun. Yeah. I'm not saying fun like like one of my recommendations this week, Cliffhanger. It's a fun mountain movie. That's not. I think it is. I really enjoy it. Like it's a fun it's a Hollywood act- mountain movie. This is not. It's a true story. This is, is that the one with the brother and the sister? Yeah, and Sylvester uh, Stallone. Oh, that's not. No, that not that one. That that one's um, Vertical Limit. Oh yeah, I that, I didn't okay, like good. Cliffhangers that's, and Stallone. Okay, I was movie. thinking you were talking about. I'm like, no, Vertical uh, Limit. I didn't like. That. <laughs> Talk about Hollywooding it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that is. And this is not that. This is a true story. You know, carefully. It's careful with its characters. It doesn't want to make people seem like assholes or it wants to make them seem like they are. And be respectful for the people who are still alive in this in this yeah. situation, like the wives. I liked how it showed you from the wives' point of view. I, I would have liked a bit more of that even. Nah, I got enough. You know? Um, but they, you know, they did enough of it, you know. So moving on to the cast, what did you think of the cast? Um, Jason Clark. Plays Rob Hall. I like him better in this than I did in Terminator. Yeah, in five, Terminator is just. I mean, yeah. it was fine. Yeah, but it was a little bit over uh, melodramatic. But in this, I thought it was really good, actually. Yeah, he's like. Would you say he's the main? main would you say yeah. he's the main guy, isn't he? He's um. I won't. I, I was gonna say spoilers, but no. Um. Yeah, he was good. He's a Australian actor. Everybody in this movie, also, I want to point out. A lot of these people were Kiwis, New Zealanders, these real people. And there was a lot of English actors doing a Kiwi accent. Or a New Zealand accent. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they were good at it. From what we can tell. We've watched a lot of New Zealand TV, right? So we see sh- New Zealand. Yeah, well, they're real New Zealanders. Talking. I know, but I'm just saying, it doesn't make it as experts. So Emily, Emily Watson, who's in this movie... Who I, it's, she's very posh British when she talks, and so is Kira Knightley. They were doing New Zealand accents, and I was at first I was like, oh, because it's weird to see that come out of those people. I was like, that's going to be weird, and if they do it, if they start doing it wrong, it's going to stand out. They didn't. Yeah, but we're not New Zealanders. We might be sitting there rolling our eyes out I of. I think our I've head. heard enough New Zealanders. Though. I know, but we're not them. It's like person trying to pretend to be British and you or Manchester person. I always and you sit there going it. exactly. And at some point, it becomes almost offensive that they haven't, like, got it right. So we can only go from our own TV viewing. Josh Brolin, who doesn't have a New Zealand accent, (laughs) plays Beck Weathers. And, uh, Weathers. He, um... He was good. Yeah, he's, like, the hard But he's not. So you think he's not. I mean, mean, the way he comes across at the beginning. You don't think he's super tough or anything, but... No, he's freaking tough. (laughs) He didn't make it to the top. Oh, spoiler. <laughs> oh, John Hawks plays Doug Hansen. He's always and, good. Yeah, he's he? from Deadwood. We we know him from Deadwood. He's also in that awesome Marcy Marlene. Yeah, like creepy. That. And he was also in Sessions or whatever it's the called. Sessions, the yeah. Sessions, yeah. He's a good actor. He's a really good actor. Oh, and in this, Helen Hunt. And in this, I really <laughs> liked how he um, portrayed that guy. Like, he only... He was... A man of few words in this movie, mm-hmm. but I got like even just from him saying I don't have enough money, I, like he didn't say that, but he said he Thanks made it clear that yeah. he's he, he's not got much money. 
this really matters to him, like only this. Like, See, one thing I noticed about the way the Rob guy played, or the way the Rob guy was portrayed, is that Josh Brolin is like a, obviously very rich, kind of driven, you know, but at every opportunity, our guide, the Rob guy, almost tries to discourage him like well we'll see how it goes we'll you know i think you might better turn back or you can stop anytime you let me know if you got a problem you can just take a break you know it's not like he was discouraging him but he wasn't i think he thought this guy can't do it and he was you know he dealt with him that way but True. then this other guy that we're just talking about the john hawks guy yeah that character even when he knew he shouldn't encourage him to keep going he understood that guy in a different way yep. and just said, just dealt with him differently. So you could see that his motivations weren't just get everybody to the top. It was more like, I'm going to look at you as a human being and what do I think you can tolerate? And emotionally, what do you need? And the, the sadness of their final stories kind of... You can uh, tackle this, new, this lady's name because I'm going to murder it if I do. Uh, Naoko Mori. And she plays... Uh, Yasuko Namba. Yeah, so she is like the... She's a Japanese lady who has got her own motivations for going mm-hmm. up Everest. That you don't know. She just says She's very climbed little. all six of the other peaks and this is the final peak that she needs to conquer to conquer all of them. And uh, we know her from Torchwood. Yeah. We also know from... She was in Humans. Tosh. What's her name? Yeah, Tosh from Torchwood. Humans uh, I don't remember her in. She was also in, um, yeah, Humans. Uh, she said Doctor Who, but I don't remember in that either. She was in Doctor Who, yeah, also. But um, yeah, Tosh will know her mostly from from uh, Tosh. She doesn't say much, and then when you read about the real lady, people say she didn't talk much anyway. She yeah. was just, uh, again, you don't have like motivation, but you get it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when she, spoilers, gets to the top of the mountain. I like <laughs> that. That yeah. You could see with her, that was... That was it. Like she'd done something. She'd done what she needed to do. Um, yeah, she was really good. But like, like John Hawks, very few words. Robin Wright plays Peach Weathers, and she's the wife of um, Brolin. Josh Brolin. Um, well, not in real life. But I'm no, scared. in this movie. <laughs> um, when I saw the real people, I get the casting. Yeah. <laughs> the casting felt right to me. Like I was. It shows you the real people in the... There's a bit of a extra on this Blu-ray. And it shows them at the end, actually, on the um, picture. But um, it all feels right, the casting. Yeah. Even Kira Knightley, I thought, felt right when I saw the real lady. I was like... And I want to make... Also, you know the makeup they do on Josh Brolin? The... Um, mm. uh, what do you call it? Frostbite, Frostbite makeup. When you see the real guy, the pictures, like, where, where you know, from the mountain... It looks just like it, like identical to it. I was like, wow, is that what happens? Like your fingers are all... Swollen up is what happens. Yeah. Like your skin. My uncle uh, lost the ends of one whole hand in Korea, actually. And uh, his ends were always, the ends of his fingers were always... Not from like, frostbite. Fatter. Mm-hmm. The ends in of his fingers. Yeah. He, they, he was in Korea in a very cold spot at the end of the war. And the ends of his fingers were always fatter. I mean perpetually fatter because the way they'd sewn them after they had to cut the ends off well they fell off he said two of them fell off at the time and then the other ones had to be cut off but he described that exact thing right he just look he say looked at and his you start hand going black. and without thinking that it's your hand 
that are actually black and they looked swollen like um like a plum or something. You know, Again, like, it was respectful because it wasn't like, oh, let's do over-the-top mm-hmm. gore makeup. It was like, oh, this is what... You know. They had photos of the real guys. Yeah. Well, they just used that. Um, Emily Watson played Helen Wilton. She was like the base camp... What manager, was she? I think. Radio operator? She was the manager of the camp, I think. Yeah, and uh, even again, when you showed the real lady, uh, I was yeah, like, uh, okay, uh, I get it 100%. Get why they cast her. She's, I, I love her. Emily you just love her because of Punch Drunk Love. I've always really... She's just a really good ha- actress. Hannibal, remember? She was the blonde yeah. lady in Hannibal. Um, but yeah, she was great in this, and uh, I felt sad quite a lot from her. Like, there's one time where she couldn't even operate the radio because she was just done. I felt that completely. Sam Worthington uh, from Avatar plays Guy Cotter, and he's like on another expedition going up. Which, well, it's teams. Yeah, All teams. different teams, yeah, going up to. Which has to, you know, and he. It shows you the camaraderie, like, you know, if there's trouble, no matter what the cost or whatever, we'll all. Try. Help each other. <laughs> Do what we can, yeah. But I really liked him too. And yeah, you know, yeah. You know, like, people say he's not the greatest actor, you know, Clash of the Titans and things like that. This was better, though. Yeah, I... It was he, grounded. He felt... He didn't feel like he was... I'd say this for everybody in this movie. Nobody is, like, putting on the, like, I am the A-grade actor or something. It doesn't seem like it. Everybody's, like, down to earth and it seems... So, yeah, I was impressed by him too. Because the, act- the director guy said, I don't want acting. Yeah, just... I want you to be... These people on a mountain, on this mountain, no uh, acting, no acting. So that would, if you're an actor person, you have to yeah. really think about: Am I showing my, you know? Because there, are, we've talked about there are movies where people are so over the top and so theatrical and so movie like, or like um, acting class one hundred and one. Yeah. You know, you feel the vibe of someone making an effort to create this character right in front of your eyes instead of being that person. And they, I just don't. Think there was a flaw in this one. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal plays Scott Fisher again. Always awesome. Jake Gyllenhaal is one of. I told you, becoming one of my favorite stars in this movie. I think that's unfair because I think the other guy is the star. It actually says uh, it has all the names, Mm -hmm. and then it says and Jake Gyllenhaal in this. Right, so he's right at the very end of the cast, and he's 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 in it a lot. He is, but he's not. He's a feature of showing you all the different types of people. After watching him in um, Nightcrawler and then Southpaw, and now this. He's fast. I told you. I said last time. He's fast becoming one of my favorite actors. I. He surprises me. Like he's not always the same. He. I don't know. Put. It seems like he puts himself in it. Like, whatever it so. is, even if it's a smallish part like this, where he's you know he's in it a, a little bit. He doesn't but, carry it. That's the thing. Right. He's not Southpaw guy. No. <laughs> it's a different guy. He's got a different vibe, a spirit about him, the different thing. Like so. I don't know. I really. I'm. I dig him a lot. And in this. Really good. I liked that character too. You know the hippie kind of, but driven, highly, yeah. highly motivated to. Uh, I mean, he he was running his own business doing that. I was almost like uh, the interactions between him and Rob. Obviously, there've been interactions in the past too. I was like, oh, I'd love to see like more of these guys in the past, like because they're obviously kind of rival, like or they didn't like each other's attitudes. Like, somebody once said to me, I don't like you, you're a nonconformist. That's what he said to me. This guy. I could see that kind of thing. Like right. It's like a professional, I don't get you, so therefore I don't like you. Right. And that's what I felt between these two. And it, they, they didn't have a lot of time together, but I really would have liked to see how they were together in the past. Because it seemed Spoiler, like Spoiler, was... you're not going to get any more. No. 
<laughs> Unless you get a prequel. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and Kira Knightley finally plays Jan Hall. You know, she's not in it tons. And no, but does I, it just right. She plays... She's also a, she's also a climber, a mountaineer. She's a doctor, which you and, don't know that except I read it in, in an article. But from the movie, you know she's a mountaineer as well. And the wife of... Uh, she's the wife of the main guy. Rob. And she's pregnant. She's almost ready to give birth, like within two months or something. But she, it's clear from the moment she's saying goodbye, and not in an overly dramatic way, but they both understand... Every time we do this, yeah, we're both climbers. Just we like understand I said, everything. and that's why I identify with that because I would be like, okay, it's gonna suck. I mean, you can't describe how it would be if you if the person ever came back. But as the person who she's been there before, she's done it before, and I got that totally. That she she had a reservedness about her, but it wasn't like, ah, eh, well, you know, that's the way it goes. It was like really. She'd prepared maybe always from the time she met him because she met him at a base camp yeah. on a mountain. You know, she. And there's almost care. a moment where she phoned him. He's on the mountain. Where I was thinking, he's probably, you know, he's not really with it fully. But I bet he's thinking, I'm really glad she's having a baby because she would probably have been up here with me. Like oh, we would true. have both gone. Didn't think like, that. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking that from his point of view. I was thinking, what will he? How is he? Like he knows he's going to die. Like, you know, don't you? you you're like... Uh. I wasn't 100% sure. But I was I, like, um, and they go and slide down there. Broden was looking pretty bad. Yeah. And I was thinking, <laughs> what are you thinking? Oh, well, she's at home with a baby. She's a climber. If she didn't have that baby, she would have been climbing with me, probably. Like, she seemed motivated to climb, too. So, I don't know. It's really sad. Like, it, like did she go back and climb? Did you look... Did she end up climbing again? Like, after... I didn't read anything about her after that. But we both said... Another part of this movie that you, they don't really address it because it seems disrespectful to people who have died doing it. And I don't mean to be, but there is no, nothing productive about this activity. You're not going up there to no, get, it's, it's very you're not selfish, going up there to mine almost. an element that has something in it that cures a human disease or that makes infinite power for all of humanity to be able to, you know, live on. It's, there's nothing productive not about it. Something. You are doing something that's a hundred percent self-motivated. I want to climb up that mountain. I, as an individual, so anything that happens to me once I've committed to this, while it's tragic and it's very sad, it has a huge impact on their on the people in their lives. You have to start there and go. This was a voluntary sport. I did it. Hobby activity. Yeah. That. And I don't mean to diminish it, but I mean, anything that you do that's not your job. I mean, these people ran the company, but I mean, the clients, they're just doing it for the thrill, right? Yeah, they're not explorers. It's already been explored. Right. right. And yeah, right. again, yeah, okay. no, I'm not even know if, you know, exploring could also be like, look, if you, you know, if you're exploring space and then you die, well, again, I don't know what progress you're making. I, I mean, ultimately, but... And maybe, I oh, maybe I should take that back because every time people go up that mountain and come down, somebody probably gathers data that says, look, we had 20 people this time and seven of them have had, you know, some kind of, some sort of genetic thing and they actually did better than the other 13 people. We, let's look into that. Why did that happen? Now, that's a possibility. They bring back data it's about not why they're rock doing erosion it. too. That was what he was talking One of the things they were... One of those expeditions, uh, Sam Worthington's people, they were doing rock erosion something they were doing. Right. So there's some something there, but still, you know, we have to remember if somebody dies in a car uh, race 
or on a skateboard or on a waterboard, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or surfing. It's all things that you, you come back to the beginning and go, what a, what, well, that's how what I a felt. pointless lot death. Whenever know, it but... showed, um, what's she called? The lady with the kids. Rob. Mm. Not, not Rob. The other guy's wife. Um, Princess whenever, Bride. Yeah, whenever it showed them. And I, I just felt it's it a selfish activity because he's putting himself in danger of death. And these pe- people who he loves are... At the mercy without of him it. all the time, and you have no control. Then no. again, what? Where's the line that we all, as as a human, everybody has to draw that line? No more motorcycles, no more fast cars, no more no more activities that could injure you, no more sports because no. you could crack your neck at any time playing football. No more football. flying on an airplane to a different country or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess. But he's you know, putting himself in. He's the high percentage of for danger. him personally. Yeah literally, in his life, he's depressed unless he's on a mountain. It's the only thing that makes him feel all right. And then as a family, you... I mean, I would think knowing that as a wife, you'd feel very, like, thanks. thanks. I I, I think she did feel like that, right? She did That's why, yeah. That's why the situation was. But all those things came out of the way that he made this movie. The director, I think, really What The director, Balthazar Cormacore. That's what... um, He directed Two Guns, which was... Denzel Washington and Marky Mark, right? And which was actually a, oh yeah, actually a good film. And he also directed Contraband, which was Marky Mark on um, the one mm, that, it was, that right. was it an was all right film. But that was I a think Hollywood Two Guns movie. was a really good. Yeah, they both. Are. I don't remember Two Guns. What was it? Yeah, it was like it was um, Denzel Washington and Marky Mark, and Denzel Washington wore one of those straw hats, like a, he was cool, like a like a Cuban, and they. <laughs> I remember oh yeah, yeah, yeah! The showdown, yeah, the drug lord at, at people the out on the, the farm. On the yeah, farm. okay. Yeah. It was a really cool movie. It's coming back. It. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, so he did that, and he did contraband, which you do remember. It was yep. the one about the tanker ship and stuff. With the wife and the yeah, it's kind of stylized yeah. a little bit. Um, and this movie is very different from those movies because it's it shows a different side of this guy. It's not that it's not the Hollywood flash and coolness. It's quite you know, quiet. And you, mm. you said at the beginning, oh, yeah, action-packed. But it doesn't feel action-packed. Mm. It feels like the actions that happen those are two movies supplemental to, like, the emotional, the characters, all that stuff. Even though you're on a huge, the biggest mountain in the yeah, world. Yeah, and, and those other two movies are so stylized. They're almost, you know, it's... Really it's, are, yeah. Yeah, this is not that at all. Like, he stripped all that back and just did this, you know, straight up... Here's a mountain. Here's some people going up it. And there'll be some action along the way, but that's not necessarily the core of this movie. The a- action is the people. I think. Because the action is small, really. Mm-hmm. There's some, you know, cool things to see, like uh, an avalanche and... Uh, I mean, they're climbing up a snowy mountain. Yeah, and there's a big storm that looks really cool. And yeah, I, the audio in this movie is awesome. Like, it feels like you're in up a mountain. It's so loud and I like... I know, I've never been on the side of a mountain without... It's very loud, covered. it rumbles in your chest, it's uh, intense. When You've been on a mountain? I have been on a mountain, but not Everest, yeah. Probably in a vehicle or in a building. Not like just hanging off the side of a not mountain. Not hanging off the side. Exactly. That was a, that's the thing, actually. When you see people climbing Mount Everest, like this, it's more like walking... It's not like going up rock faces. A little bit of that, but yeah, no. They it's found more no kind of just slowly yeah. walking up the mountain, isn't it? Well, it's apparently not... there are different paths you can mm. take. Different. Yeah. They talk about the first person to climb. But this, this movie's direction. not about people 
going up rocks. It's not cliffing. Not vertical. No, it's it's just kind of slowly climbing up to the top. It's not but... the vertical limit. Yeah, that was more about rock climbing. Um, so, extras on the Blu-ray. There are four, which I didn't feel... I thought there should have been more. I, it, yeah, it seemed it a bit good. lacking to me. Uh, there was Learning to Climb, The Actor's Journey, A Mountain of Work, Recreating Everest, Race to the Summit, The Making of Everest, Aspiring to Authenticity, The Real Story. And there's an actual commentary with the director um, throughout the whole film, if you want to listen to that. But um, the four extras, the four main extras, they're, they're pretty good. They're serious in tone. They're not like, hey, come and watch our cool big movie. They're more serious. One of them's actually about the survivors and the wives of the people who died. Uh, I like that a lot. I would have liked more of that, to be honest. I, I wanted that to be a bit longer, but it was like four minutes in the end. So Yeah, I'd like to have heard from somebody who knew the Scott guy more, the Jake Gyllenhaal character, because I feel like that's the person that... I don't know. Not Even the he, Sam Worthington guy? He didn't get lost in the story because he's there, but... When you read real accounts of him, he sounded like more of a dynamic character. It sounded like both of them were quite big characters, the two main leader guys. So, But the extras are good. It's just, to, for me, they were short and brief. Um, short I, and brief. With something like this. Please define the difference between short and brief. One's a pair of underpants and one is a... Pair of underwear. <laughs> yeah, uh, one's an outerwear. So the extras were underpants and... And the outerwear. Huh. <laughs> Yes. Could you clarify that for me? So, um, yeah, in conclusion on Everest, I absolutely really... I, I did enjoy it as a movie. Yeah, it's high quality. But I was really sad at the end. Yeah. Because as a lot of these movies do, it ends with photographs of the real people and some dialogue explaining what happened. And that always, like, no matter how, you know... And I came away from this one feeling like I haven't been... There's, you know, it's, it's fiction... Telling a true story. So you have to always slice it in bits and pieces. And a lot of times when you say this is based on a true story and you come out the other end, you're like, yeah, Yeah, about 2% of that had to be real. But this felt like somebody made an effort. To not go overboard. And didn't delve into each individual person too much. And didn't, like, over-dramatize the people, to me, in any way. And there sounds like there's lots of controversy. If you start digging around right. in all the Which people Which there always is with any true and, thing. Because there's no one there to defute or dispute your story, is there? Because no. if the people have died and so I, I felt like I, I can take away from this that I understand these people's motivation. The real people's motivation and the tragedy. Because it's senseless in the end that your husband is still a frozen corpse on uh, Mount Everest. However... If that's like the thing of that person's life, you know, then that is that that's just the path that they t- chose, and that's it. So I I got a lot from this movie, a lot of thinking. So and I it's like a, that. definitely a story worth telling. I mean, I agree. You know, extraordinary things people do. So um, yeah, we both recommend it. I'm talking for you. Thanks. <laughs> So next week's Blu-ray review is Bridge of Spies, Steven Spielberg's new movie, which is up for some Oscars. So we will look at that next week, Bridge of Spies. Uh, Movie recommendations, I am going, uh, you know, off Everest. So I'm going with two um, different, very different, mountain movies. My first one being Alive, which is based on a true story, similar to this movie, and it's done in a serious way. 
Uh, it's really brutal, and <laughs> this, the plane crash in it is abs- actually amazing. It's of its time, though. Yeah. Keep in mind, it's of its time, where we're going to explore. Spoiler. It's a real incident that happened. Again, based on truth, quote unquote. Yeah. That nobody knows except the people who were there. So you only have their. It's called Alive. It was from the nineties. It's um, a soccer team crashes in a, on a mountain and has to survive. <laughs> um, which sounds like a zombie movie or something, but it's not that. It's you know somebody some of, some of the people are dead and we. Oh, might... I interpret it as a as a zombie movie. My oh, other gosh. one is Stallone in Cliffhanger, which is like the opposite of these movies. <laughs> it's the more Hollywood. Let's have fun on a on a mountain um, movie. And it's, you know, there's these bad guys with this briefcase of cash and <laughs> it's a, it's one of those typical Hollywood movies where somebody might fall off something and there's stunts. You mean they're on a mountain and someone might fall off? But it's a really cool movie. I loved it. I don't know. I've not revisited it since it came out. So it might be really bad now. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I think it'll be very of its time like a lot of those movies are with Stallone in them. But like Rambo, it's difficult. <laughs> no, the original Rambo's really good. Don't get me wrong. But go and revisit Rambo 3, like, now, and tell me that that's not cheesy as hell. Like, it's just crazy. Like, so, Cliffhanger's probably cheesy, but I'll recommend it anyway. And yours are? Mine are, sticking with my theme this of 2016, which is to tell you about three movies that are on my movie list that I've seen. They're not necessarily in line with the movie we've seen. It's just that I'm telling you all the movies I've seen. So, the next three on the list, because at the top of every... Excel spreadsheet, when you sort alphabetically, those of you who love Excel as much as I do, all the numbers go to the top. All the numbers and the weird characters. I'm up to Two Days in the Valley, which was really good at the time. It's probably pretentious now if I watched it again. It's kind of one of those... Don't remember it. Okay. (laughs) Two guys, sort of a home invasion in a rich lady's house. And there's sort of this thug thing yeah, going on. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. But yeah, it is really... Um, it's of its time, but at the time, I really dug it. It was kind of... It's almost true romance like that. Some... cool at the time got, kind of thing. Yeah. Too Fast, Too Furious, of course, and we'll just throw all of those in there. Oh, Too Fast, Too Furious is horrible. Yeah, but it's got a two in the front of it. I can't help it. It has, but So that, we're going to say all the horrible. Fast and the Furious. I don't even believe you've seen that one, the second one. That's the second movie. The one that's like like Dukes of Hazard. It's hot. Awful. Maybe when I picked Fast and the Furious on IMDb, it just... Yeah, I don't think you've seen that. I saw it and Who's told in you... it? It's, um... It's... The second one, right? It's Paul Walker and... Vin Diesel's not in it. It's Paul Walker and, uh... The smooth black guy. Like, the cool-looking from the new ones. What's he called? He's a rapper guy. Oh, no. You know which one I mean. The handsome... Really handsome. The one who's in the pl- in the last one where he was in the plane. Right. Real handsome, bald. Yeah, yeah. That guy and, and Paul Walker. And it's really awful. They're in the countryside, the moonshine thing. It's Oh, you're right. No, so you I didn't see it. That. I-, I watched it and I was like, Ugh. I there. Yeah, you definitely didn't see that one. That's the only one you haven't seen. Well, we'll don't see it. We'll eliminate that. <laughs> <laughs> really I don't want to recommend it. And I haven't seen it. I'm a fan have, of The Fast and the Furious. But I didn't like it, but... Yeah. Um, then we're going to skip to Two Guns. Which is funny because that's by the director of this movie. That's what you say, but I didn't rem- remember that. Yeah, it is. So. And then probably next after that's going to be like 28 weeks and 28 weeks later. funny that you would recommend Too Fast, Too Furious because you're the only person in history who would recommend that one. I'm not recommending these based on quality. <laughs> I'm recommending a list. You didn't even see it. <laughs> I think they did, though. You didn't. I saw it. I remember watching it on my own because you said I've got no interest in it. I didn't. Because the first one had been and gone. 
And then the second one came out and I got it. And I watched it and I was like, oh my God, I, I don't even want to watch Fast and the Furious anymore. <laughs> and luckily, Tokyo Drift, the third one, was good. I like that one. I wonder if when I went down the list and I picked like a franchise, you can't pick like a franchise. Yeah. I mean, I'm taking my list. I pick a, pick movies on IMDb and then I export the list. That one so sucked. We'll take that off even the I'll, list. Even I say that. So it's going to be two days in the valley. Right. Two guns, 28 days later. Yeah, that's 20 a good days later is much better. Danny Boyle. I like 28 Days Later a lot. It's a new, it's a different thing on the zombie slash infected. 28 thing. Weeks Later, the yep. sequel, also good. Both good. Um, all right, so uh, that's our recommendations for this week. Games and A Scully stuff. Sid Talk, you can have input on this one. We've been playing a video game this week. Input. I will give you my input. So a new game came out this week on a, a Tuesday called The Witness, and I've been playing it on PC, and we've been playing it on PC actually. Um, what it is, it's Jonathan Blow, the guy who was behind Braid, which was a really popular game from probably eight years ago, has spent the last eight years making this new game called The Witness. And what it is, it's a puzzle game. Would you explain it as a puzzle game? I would say it's a puzzle game that's going to have a story. Yes. It's, I think, personally, and we've played it for, what, maybe five hours? Maybe a bit more? <laughs> Every um, time we think we're gonna not play it, and for then two we, or three hours, we definitely we, then we start to advance. Some it's it's a weird. I've, I've got more hooked now. Last night at the beginning of the two hour and a half hours we played, I was like, oh my god, I don't want to walk all the fucking place and just do nothing. I want to solve puzzles. But, so explain of- why you walk. What 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 well, happens? Like, what's be- the beginning of the game? What happens? What what's the deal? Like, what do you mean? You just do a puzzle to get well, this, into like, place. This thing, this game just cold opens and you're in a dark tunnel. And yeah. You walk out of a tunnel. And there's a door with a puzzle. There's no instructions. Yeah. You kind of work everything out for yourself, which I really like. I think that's a cool... It doesn't... I didn't like that at first. Right. Because I find that really boring. I'm not I'm not good at the controls. I'm just wandering around. I'm always bumping into shit and falling over. Not falling over, but I don't do the two if thumbs was, thing. If there was a falling over mechanic, <laughs> you would be falling over. <laughs> I'm tripping over all the fucking time. <laughs> I hate that. I'm not you. I'm not a... I'm a builder. I'm a maker. And a problem solver. I'm a puzzle person. But you make me walk myself around. So it takes a lot longer. So then I'm like, oh my god, if I have to walk around for five minutes before I find a puzzle that A, I may not have any clue how to do because I have no instructions. Which isn't really a problem, except I can't even surmise from the surroundings how to do it. So, screw it. Just move on. Go to another area. Which means I have to walk for five more minutes through the trees. And it's cool. It looks amazing. But I don't like having to walk around with no productivity whatsoever. Like, it was an hour and a half yesterday. I did, like, two things. But then all of a sudden, something happened. Like a string of things. And we found a thing way far away. And then we saw this other thing, and then we're reminded from the first day we played, oh, oh, we saw that thing in a place over there, like hidden. We accidentally found it. That's definitely linked to this thing that's five minutes away. So we ran, you ran all the way over there again to variably use that piece of the puzzle or you know, whatever. Then as we, started we, to uncover when we come up to the summit of that thing Mountain. and look down, I'm get, I like that better. I like being able to see the map. You can't see exactly what you're going to do, but I get it now. It's like all things are going to lead to different things, and there is a a means to an end. This isn't necessarily just an experience. And although one of the things we found in the game is a video of a dude telling you, 
don't cling to the things that you were used to or that are easy. You have to let it go kind of thing. So I accept that. So now I'm liking, I'm looking forward to it more. Last night I was kind of done with it until that. Right. And Jonathan Blow, the guy who made this, I was reading an interview with him today. And he said that he made it very deliberately. So there's no instructions in the game. But what is good about the game is those moments when you figure something out and it rewards you, which are very few and far between, he said. But you get kind of a reward. Like yesterday, we were rewarded with a video, which we watched, and an audio log that we found on top of a mountain. I have to disagree with him because I'm not you. I'm not your... I don't have you guys' brain. No, what I'm saying, though, he said that we're... That doesn't he said we're all... How he sees it with video gamers, you know, which are going to pick this game up, is we're all programmed into a breadcrumb trail of, hey, you're doing well. Hey, you're doing well. Here's a thing. Here's a thing. Here's a thing. He hates that. He really hates it. He, th- he says, there's only that now. He said, look at Call of Duty, get some yeah. XP, you level up. Carry on stick. Look at all the tablet games that come out. You do your restaurant simulator, you get your thing, you get your new thing. You are even you are totally into that I, shit. I'm into that. Yeah, it really tickles something. You get an achievement, even though you couldn't give a shit about what it is you're doing. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I just got to get this one achievement. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I, when that came, you know, when Call of Duty uh, started doing that hey you can level your character up and then you'll get some new stuff all of a sudden call of duty opened up to me and i was like oh i just want to play this all the time like so he, what jonathan blow said he hates is that the whole game industry has gone that way so everything's xp unlock a thing get a thing do a thing he wanted to make an experience that the actual joy of the thing is not that it's you realizing or discovering throughout solving puzzles that there's more to this than what is actually there. It, at first glance, it looks like an island with puzzles, but that's not necessarily what it is. And you're only you will figure that out. Like he's not saying, "Hey, everybody, here's a cutscene where I'm going to tell you what's going on." Right. You yeah. figure it out yourself. And yeah, I think we had at least two or three moments yesterday playing it where I was like. Ah, oh, this is something more than it is. It's a bit special, this. It's not like what I've played before. There are moments where we, where you solve one of these puzzles and you go, and something clicks in your brain. You're like, okay, I could probably do 20 of those puzzles now because I get that one. And then you're wandering, around the, you're wandering around the island and you see a puzzle and you go, oh, there's the puzzle. Well, see, I don't have that. I'm not a child. There's the blue puzzle that I can... I don't have the I child brain do. like yeah. you gamer people do. I don't have that overexcitement. I'm like, okay, is that a puzzle I can do or not? Try it. Why don't I understand how to do this? Can I figure this out? Is there a clue? Even within a, some perimeter. I don't necessarily need to get... I don't need, like, one after the other after the other. I just need... It doesn't excite me until I am doing it. I'm not the carrot on a stick person. Like, I just want to keep doing them, but I don't need to keep... I don't need anything to show for it. And I don't pu- know how to describe it, but... The puzzles are all the same style, right? They're, they're a, you so come, far. You come across a... Um, so far, though. Yeah. You come across, a, like, a little board, and you can... It's a, like a maze puzzle. Mm-hmm. But then they become increasingly more complicated than a maze puzzle. There, There's different elements start to get thrown in. So you actually learn yourself... Like how the game works. As you're going along and doing different things, you're like, okay, there's a new thing. And then you have to kind of remember, oh, that's a thing now. Yep. Before, like, for instance, there's a really interesting part in the beginning of the game. 
you did the first part of the game and got out of the opening area. We walk down this path and we see this puzzle on a door. And it's this puzzle and we're looking at it and we're both looking at it and we go, we don't get that. It's not like the puzzles we just did. This one is very different. What, what are we supposed to do? So we tried to do it and fail. nothing nothing fail. happened. Yeah, fail. fail, fail. We walked a little bit further down the path and there was two sets of puzzles that we solved because they were a bit more basic. And then we realized, oh, now we have the tools in our brains to go back and do that puzzle because it doles out the thing slowly. Like, it's like, here's one concept, here's another concept. Now go back and try that other thing. But it doesn't tell you that. No, it doesn't tell you that. And I don't like the distance between. This is my problem. No, and and that's the part I do like. If it was easy for me, because I can't remember navigation. I don't Uh, remember that it was over there behind that thing or behind that ditch or around that rock or up on that mountain or this way or that way. I don't know my north from my south. And I don't get oriented the way you do. I don't have that thing where everything, oh, now I'm familiar with this. So I know how to navigate back. And there's no fast moving. There's no transporting from I mean, one place run. to another. Yeah, but there's no like push a button and I go back to that place on the map where that other thing was. So that is also a barrier for me. And it's never going to be enjoyable for me. It's just not. That's why I don't play games like you. I don't play any exploration games. I like building games and puzzle games. So... That's my barrier. So that's good. Your barrier is you don't always think you can do puzzles. No, some puzzles baffle me completely. Like I have a problem with... Because I'm smarter. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, Like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. No, I'm saying different (laughs) strokes for different folks. Like like I said, um, like you say, you you pick up a controller and you have to move the left and the right stick at the same time. It baffles your your mind kind of like... Well, sometimes with those puzzles, I, I... just look at it and I'm like, and you'll say, well, if we there's one we don't even understand. Neither of us understand it. That's the shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I look at it and I look at it and I look at it and I feel like I there's nowhere to go. Like, I can't. I That's can't. how I feel when I'm wandering around. Right. Like, uh, uh, uh. So what do we think of this game, though, in general? I, I actually think it's something I enjoy something it more now bit. than I thought I was going to through the last night. I've session. never played anything quite I'm like it. looking forward to picking it up again. So. There, there was a game called Mist back in the day. I don't know if you know what Mist is. I've heard of it. Yeah, it was a very famous <laughs> CD-ROM game from back in the PC. CD what? CD-ROM. <laughs> it was from back when you all, you know, you probably when you had a 486 PC, but it was like the hot game at the time. And it was, you wander around an island and you solve puzzles, which sounds very familiar. And Jonathan Blow says, this is a modern day, next generation Mist to him. That's how he created it. And how the old mist worked was it was um, you walk around the island and solve puzzles, but it wasn't a fully 3D island you're wandering around. It was right, videos yeah. and photos, yeah, that you kind of skip between. And it was a showcase for CD-ROMs back in the day. You know, ooh, look what we can do with the CD-ROM. But uh, this is very different. I don't think there's been anything done like this for a long time, so it feels new to me. Uh, I don't think, personally, I would get through it. I think it is extremely hard. No, I think you will. I think there are a lot of people who it would turn off kind of quickly as well. Even you, if you, if I just, if I would have just give it to you and said try that, it might have turned you off quicker. If you just played it at work or you're on your own playing it, because you might have gone. Depends on how many hours. I know that, like, if like if it's one of those times when I'm sick for five days in a row and I'm literally on the couch twenty four seven and don't want to move, and then I could spend every minute doing it. I would probably get over that hump of the walking around and searching and then grasp my surroundings, grasp how everything is connected, whether he says it is or not. Obviously, it is telling you a story of some kind. 
It's then connected. Be, but now it's I know connected. we're only yeah. going to do this for like two hours. And I don't want to waste my fucking time walking around and through the bushes and shit and not doing a thing. So that's where my problem is. Yeah, but but it's definitely incorporate exploration of this island, which is awesome to look at, by the way. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. A, the We've style is like a wily coyote roadrunner looking. Yeah, it's cartoonish, but then also realistic in parts too. It's it's odd. It's an odd looking thing, but it's different. It's really nicely drawn. It's there's blade like individual blades of grass when you wander through a meadow or whatever. It's it's just a cool looking thing. And the puzzles, and there are nearly 600 of them, apparently. They will probably... First you said there was like 300. Then you said there was like 400. Now you said there's 600. Yeah, well, they say... The last thing I read... Uh, this is because people were working through it this week. So they were, you know... Um, but they say there's nearly 600. Do you want to do what people say? So we take notes and take pictures from now on? Yeah, that's what a lot of people do. Take photographs of things. Like yesterday, you were doing a set of puzzles where... It was... There was mm-hmm. a set of puzzles on one side, and then behind you... There was another set. And the ones behind you give you a clue to what you're doing on the one in front of you. So you'd have to come out of each puzzle. So if you took around. a photo of the ones behind you and you could just refer to it, it would be quicker to do the ones in front. You know, you wouldn't have to keep turning around and looking, would you? That kind of thing. It can come in handy to have your cell phone near you so you can take a photo of the screen if you need to. You know? Mm-hmm. There was also we that thing with the hexagons on it. Yep. We, we, it would have been nice to have that. But, I mean, we figured it out. But it would have been nice to have uh, it to unlock something. Yeah. I mean, I remembered it. Like, in this game... You have to memorize things. You have to memorize. It's not like you can take the note with you and just bring it up and look at it. Right. It's like, like you have to Indiana go back Indiana Jones and game or yeah. something or Laura Croft. Yeah, like, most games where you just pull it out. Yeah, it's like, no. You remember that note you found? Well, it's in the same place where you left it. <laughs> so you, if you forget what it is, you have to go back and look at it. So, yeah, that's The Witness. Interesting game. Um, we're having fun with it. Uh, we'll be having more fun with it later yeah the other uh, thing that happened this week is the X-Files returned to TV that's a huge deal for me the reason this site is called ascully.com is because of the X-Files really Agent Scully in case anyone goes what oh I never even noticed so we watched the first two and is that the most important thing about the X-Files to you yes okay we watched the first two um, episodes of the Thanks. X-Files. What did you it's think? It's one of the main reasons that we've met each other in the whole world. It is, and it's kind of, um, it's our 16th anniversary. Tuesday. On Tuesday. And uh, the X-Files is back on TV. It's like, whoa. Because back in the day, 1998, found each other on ICQ. And I just put out a message that said, I like the X-Files and talking about movies. And... Your profile said, I'm a handsome Brit who likes to laugh. And I was like, oh, British. <laughs> Always want a British guy. Mm-hmm. And he likes the X-Files. Awesome. And there you go. So what did you think of the new... The I two, like it. Two new episodes. I did. It was... Um, I was... You know, I told you. A lot of the press were like ragging on it. And I was like, I guess they're not really fans of the X-Files or something. Because I'm just happy to have Mulder yeah. and Scully on the screen. If it was crappy, I would say. Yeah, I mean... I didn't like the movie necessarily the last that came one. with the Billy, Billy Connolly. I mean it was fine, but it didn't do anything for me at all. So I'll tell you, that movie didn't do anything for I feel, me. I think that this series feels a bit like that movie though. Oh I disagree. Do you? Yep. Um because that movie didn't I didn't care really and it didn't it wasn't right for some reason. No, it also didn't seem right. That movie, which is called The mm. True <laughs> The first one's called 
Fight the Future, the first X-Files movie. The second one was I Want to Believe, I think. Was it? Uh, yeah, it was really forgettable. It was like, I liked it at the time because it was like, oh, Mulder and Scully on the screen. Oh, that's cool. But the actual story was like a, it was actually like a bad episode, a bad episode of the X-Files. Like not a even, not, not bad. Even, just but not a cool one. Not not, like, a, not unexpected, not yeah, terribly. Just an average yeah. thing. Um, but it was cool to see them back again. And I was like, oh, hopefully if this does well, it'll make, they'll make a new series or whatever. And that, that didn't happen at the time. But now they're back on Fox. There's six of episodes of this. It's back on on Monday night. Um, I really like these first two episodes. Quite different from each other, but both interesting. Um, but yeah, all the crap in the press where they're saying it's garbage and why would anybody watch it? It's just, um, <laughs> you know, um, I don't think they're real fans of the X-Files. So, uh, Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Tonight will be some cucumber salad. Yum. Uh, soup. Yum. I got me some sweet potato soup and I got you some French vegetable soup and some bread, which we've been loving the baguette. What French vegetables? I don't know. We'll find out. You were there. I've never been onions. I've never been French. <laughs> Garlic. I think it's the flavoring that right. you might be talking about. You've had it before. You'll be fine. He claims he's not picky and he'll try anything, but if you get him something he doesn't necessarily like, you're like, oh, it's not my favorite, which I hate to <laughs> I'll hear. I'll still that. eat it. I mean, I don't care, but I'm just saying you're going to eat it. Because you've liked it in the past. A non-chicken. A non-chicken, yeah. We don't eat meat. So, yeah. No and chicken. finally, before we leave this... I uh, didn't finish what was for dinner. I got you that sport thing that I never heard of. So any British Oh, Ritter Sport. Ritter Sport yeah, candy it's bar. Just, it's a chocolate bar from... Uh, in, well, it's not from England. It's from Europe. I think it's French. Which I'd never heard of, and it just happened to be in a grocery store. It's marzipan like, oh. with chocolate. It's yummy. Well, there's different kinds, though. Yeah, there are there are biscuit ones. There's ones like there's one that tastes just like a Kit Kat, but with like more expensive chocolate. Right. Uh, they're very famous. Uh, they're very popular in England. Because I think they're French, though. But um, yeah, well, I've French. Had, I've had many. You're of having them. French soup, French yeah. candy, and a French baguette. Ooh. Holy crap! I didn't realize I was theming I would, our I dinner. I would do a really. Um, I, I would. I was gonna say I would do a really crappy <laughs> French. <laughs> But it would offend somebody. <laughs> Do <that be> French, <laughs> French. And now, the, trust me, the baguette, the soup, and the chocolate, unless the chocolate is actually from France, the other elements are probably not very French, when, really. When you say baguette, I think of that Flight of the Concorde song where they're pretending to be French and he keeps going, <laughs> baguette. baguette. <laughs> um, and my advice, is that what you're going to ask me for next? Yes. Okay, this is going to offend some people. So be prepared to be personally offended, personally attacked. I'm not, I'm not really attacking or offending anyone on purpose. Um, what I'm sick and tired of is a phrase that I think is utter bullshit. I just really do. Now, there are situations in life, very few, where this phrase is meaningful and the truth. Okay? Very few situations. If you have a young child who's attempting to do something and you can actually see they're giving it their all... Right. And they say, I'm trying my best. That is the truth. Right? If you see someone else making some stupid, shitty mistakes in their life, and then they're all fall apart and go, well, I'm just, I'm doing my best. No, you're not. You're full of shit. Uh-huh. Because n- most of us never do our very best. You might claim that because you haven't made the choices that you know would have been the best. And now you're stuck in the moment with what you've where you where you've taken yourself. It's not your best, right? It just isn't. Now, 
if I were to be on that bike in there, got a stationary bike, and sit there for five minutes and push it and push it and be exhausted and then stop and say, oh, I was trying my best. Well, no, I wasn't. I gave up. True. I literally gave up. That was not my best. My best would be to probably just go until I fell over or whatever. I mean, that's your best, isn't it? Like, extreme. Now, like I said, there are times when people are. If someone's very ill and they are every ounce of their being, they're putting behind holding their emotions together and keeping their family from falling apart and trying to just survive through an illness or an injury or through someone else's death that's close to them, that's different. You are actually probably really trying your best to just get through day to day. If you have a serious addiction and you're actually trying to climb out of that, getting to your addiction, no, you weren't trying your very best to. Like, uh, But I'm saying there are situations where it can apply. I have to know the circumstance, I guess, to really buy it. But most of the... If I hear people who sit on their ass all day... Just like I do at my job. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a roofer or a soldier or a nurse. I'm not like busting my ass at my job like those people do. I sit on my butt at a computer. And if someone has given me tasks to do and then I make a mistake, I don't say, oh, well, I'm trying my best here. Otherwise, I wouldn't have made the mistake, right? Or that wouldn't be my excuse to get myself out of it. Right. I don't know what other measuring stick you want to use, but your best, if what you're doing and someone's eyeballing it and pointing out the flaws in what's happening and then you turn around and go, I'm doing my best, you have to internalize that really quickly and go, oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I would have a different outcome if I was doing my best. Right. Not, again, I'm not a highly motivated person. I don't do my best. I openly admit it. If I did my best to lose weight, I'd be skinny. If I did my best to be a professional artist, I'd be a professional artist. If I did my best to be the best wife, I wouldn't have got you French vegetable soup because <laughs> I know it's not your favorite. So I'm not trying my best. And it's delusional to think that you are. If you constantly think you've put your own self in this position of being the best... The rest of the world doesn't see it that way. So, all right. if you're offended and upset by this realization, uh, I don't care because uh, I'm doing my best. <laughs> all right. So, on that note, do your best and do your best at visiting these websites, aschoolie.com and sitter.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also catch this podcast on stitcher.com. Search for After the Show, iTunes Music Store, Microsoft's Thing, and I still don't know what it is. Um, somewhere on Microsoft where you look at podcasts. And you can go to the RSS feed, ascoli.com slash podcast, or subscribe there with anything you like. My favorite thing is Feedly. I use it in Google Chrome. You can also email feedback to me at ascoli.com. You can also, and this is exciting, if you're a fan of From Dust Till Dawn, um, the TV show, you can go right now to aschoolie.com, as long as you live in America. It's U.S. entries only. And win a copy of season two. A-S-T-U-L-L-Y dot com. So I'm going talks. right now. Are you going to try and win it? Oh, I'm exempt. I'm not allowed to win. You can go Plus, and win. I already have a copy. <laughs> you can go and win a copy of uh, From Dust Till Dawn season two, which comes out next week from our Really good at, show. Yeah, brilliant. I really, really like it. I don't like know if it's brilliant, it. but it's really good. From Robert Rodriguez and our friends at E1 Home Entertainment, they're giving away a copy of it on Blu-ray. And yeah, it's an excellent show. You should see it. So uh, yeah, go and win that now. 
and stay classy. Um, Mount Everest. <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourself, because if you're not doing it, someone, I can guarantee you, is doing it for you. <laughs> <laughs>